This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast. Uh, your host, Mark Schler, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, Scott the Huff, producing the show. want to thank our presenting sponsors, uh, Superbook. Uh, for America's Best Bet, check out Superbook and also uh, Sweet Sweat. SweetSweat.com for all your exercise needs, for all your supplement needs and your workout needs and everything that you could possibly want. You can check them out at SweetSweat.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, beginning the comeback. With our moneymaker picks, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Ooh, I'm struggling. Oh no, it's bad. I had a bad week though, so I gave you, uh, I gave you the door is open. Mm-hmm. I could have just, I could have squashed it. I could have shut it down, and it, it could have been over. But uh, I opened the door with a one and two, uh, a one and two week. First one and two, first losing week I've had. This is the first All losing right. week I've had. All right. This, this is maybe this is where the losing streak begins. It could be. Maybe it you could just be. maybe you just uh are, I don't have it anymore. Maybe you are heading into a funk. Are the are the speaking of funks, are the Ravens in a funk? Is is Lamar Jackson getting figured out? I was looking at his passing numbers this year. Not nothing really jumping out. Our team's well starting to figure him out. I think there's a couple things, Mike. One I think you as a franchise understand what it's going to take to win in the playoffs. Hey, setting records during the regular season running the ball, that's great, right? And getting one-on-ones on the, you know, in the seam or one-on-one on a crossing route and that kind of thing, uh, things that are easy to complete, that's great. But come playoff time when you're playing against really good teams and you don't have a 10, 12-point lead, 14-point lead, it's hard to win if you can't orchestrate in the passing game. And I think when you get one-on-one type of routes where you're looking at one dude and that dude is single-covered, it's man-to-man, because of the way you run the ball, I think there's not a throw in that scenario that Lamar can't make. But when you start running traditional route combinations and you have to make a layered throw, you know, in front of a rolled-up corner but – or behind a rolled-up corner in front of a safety, that type of thing to the, to on a seven route or whatever. Like, those are the things that I think he's not great at. And so I think part of this, Mike, is, is we need to become better at this stuff, so we need to work at it by the Ravens. I think the other thing is there are teams that are just saying, you're going to have to do this. So I, I'm going to give you some credit, oh, which I you know I hate. I hate doing this. I hate giving you credit. But you were the guy that several years ago told me, oh, this whole baloney that coordinators tell you all the time about defend the run, defend the run, make them one-dimensional, you know, and everybody says the same thing. And you're like, ah, really? Is that what they're really doing? Aren't they really trying to defend the throw and, and just basically giving you the run? I think what's happened here is teams are saying, hey, man, we're going to, we're going to kind of defend the, the run but we're going to defend it in a zone coverage type of thing. 
and we're going to try to keep you in third down and mediums. We're going to give up some yardage. We're going to give up some runs. We're going to give up some first downs in that. But we're going to make Lamar throw it into zone coverage. We're going to make, we're not giving him a bunch of one-on-one seam routes where he can just destroy us because the play action gets us all to suck up, and the next thing you know, he's throwing to wide-open targets that are in man-to-man coverage. We're not doing that anymore. And you look at the two picks that the Steelers had. One was a zone blitz, so they showed blitz, and they peeled off. It was uh, Dupree. Bud Dupree peels off, and he's in kind of a he's, – he's running with the tight end, but it's still a zone coverage. But he's taking the tight end away on the seam initially before he turns it over to the safety. And so Lamar comes back like it's a man coverage situation, throws it, um, underneath to, I believe, the tight end, and the linebacker picks it off and takes it to the, to the house. Then they throw a layered concept into a cover two where the corner's rolled up, safety's over the top, and he's trying to throw a corner route. I believe it was to the tight end, a little seven route. And the corner just sloughs off of the underneath fullback who's in the flat and ends up picking that off. It's a layered route where you don't put enough air on it to get it over the corner who's rolled up and in front of the safety. And so, like, I I think what you're seeing is teams saying, hey, we're going to take a little bit different approach. And if we can keep it close, because the problem that you you get into with the Ravens, Mike, is you get down by a touchdown, and you start counting possessions as a coordinator. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, a normal game is 12 possessions. The way they possess the ball and the way they run the ball – with their quarterback being one of the main, you know, one of the main ball carriers and truly 11 on 11 football, what ends up happening to you is you're going, we're down by seven. We feel like we're down by 14, and we know we only have, instead of 12 possessions, we only, we've had one possession. We're down by seven, and, and we only have seven possessions left in this game. And so then you start getting out of your offensive game plan. Like what you plan to do coming in, you scrap pile it and you say, we got to throw our way back into the game, even though you're only down by seven. And so I think that's what happens to teams. And ultimately, you know, ultimately, you can't push the panic button. You got to make Lamar beat you throwing the football. And what he's proven during, during you know, the playoffs and things of that nature against good teams, he, he's going to struggle to do that. Are, are we too early in the season yet to start putting teams into contender or pretender categories? Like, I, I look at some of these matchups, and they, they feel like contender-pretender games. Ravens-Colts, mm-hmm. Bucks-Saints, Seahawks-Bills, uh, Packers-49ers. You know, if if San Francisco was, was normal, I'd probably call that a contender-pretender game. As, as well, I I just I have a I have a sense that Saints, Colts, Bills, Packers, they all kind of feel like they're sli- starting to slip into that pretender category. Well, I, I think I think the difference would be like the difference for me would be as long as you have an elite level quarterback, you can steal a game. You can steal a game on the road. You can steal a game. So the Packers are still a contender. I think one of the things about the Packers, when I watch the Packers, when they get beat, they get just absolutely thunderstruck. Like, it's it's the physicality. Like, you can't match our physicality. 
So when I look at the Packers, go back to last year, they play a game against San Francisco, and San Francisco, I think Jimmy Garoppolo threw it eight times in that game. They just, I mean, they rushed for 200 yards or whatever it was. Um, I, I think that's an issue for them. You look at their losses. Um, even in Tampa, when they lost to Tampa Bay, I mean, it was, it was. I think Brady only had 165 yards passing. They got physically worn out again. When you look at, you know, last week against Minnesota, I believe Kirk Cousins threw it. He was 11 of 14. So, like, those are the things when you physically challenge them, they don't seem to be able to respond well because it's not how they're built. So, that part makes them a pretender, but Aaron Rodgers can keep them in a game which in which they're not, you know, they're not playing well. So, but when I say contender, pretender, I mean, I'm talking about. You know, is this a team that you can see playing in the NSC AFC championship game? I, I think all the teams I mentioned are all playoff teams. But, but you I'm talking see, about could, being you could see like in the NFC. Couldn't you see the Packers making it in the NFC championship? I don't know. Those two losses that they've had this year were they were they were bad losses. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if you should be losing that kind of that kind of way. You can lose well, but losing it, that kind of way. It, let, let me ask you this then. Who is it in the NFC besides Seattle? That is a true contender in the NFC. I mean, would you put the Cardinals in there? I mean, they've got the wild card. I'm getting, I'm getting curious about the Cardinals. Yeah, I just, I, I think, think the, I think the Rams have another gear. Yeah, to get to, but they, but the Rams. Who have, would you trust more right now, the Rams or the Packers? Ooh, that's a good. I, I would trust the Packers. Okay. Just, be, just, and, just, and just, Rogers. just because of Rodgers. Okay. Uh, I think I think ultimately the Rams are a, a better team, but they've got a couple of losses that, like, a depleted 49er team punched them in the mouth, yeah. and they rolled over. And they were dreadful against the Dolphins. They're just, That's a, that was just, an embarrassing performance against the Dolphins. Right. They, well, I mean, you turn it over four times, and you score, you score a, you know, you score a special teams touchdown, you score a defensive touchdown. I mean, you know, ultimately, I mean, you look at the game, it was like 28-7, to and the and they hadn't even, I mean, Miami hadn't even done anything offensively. They, 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 I mean, they hadn't. They had like three first downs, and it's a blowout. So, um, I think ultimately in in the NFC, it's the Seahawks, right? I mean, the Seahawks are and the Bucks. The Bucks are interesting, man. I just, the Bucks I just are see the Bucks as a team that's just going to keep getting what, better. What do you think about the Antonio Brown side? I, I, I love it. I love it. Clearly, so you believe that I, he Brady, promised to behave, and you believe that Brady can. Do you believe that that's a Brady thing? That yes, that for yes, Brady, he 100%. will behave. Yep, I think Brady was pissed off last year when the Patriots pulled the ripcord so quickly on Antonio Brown. I, I think that might have been the last straw for Brady. Mm. I think that was the last straw. After that, he's like, "I'm out of here. I'm done." If Antonio You've taken Bra- my one weapon away. If Antonio Brown plays a full season in New England last year, is is that a different story? Right. Does New England have a different finish? I tell you that this is a team, Tampa Bay's a team that really intrigues me. Yes. Really intrigues me because they have worked so hard between Brady, between Bruce Arians, and between Byron Lefwich to essentially establish an offense, to create an offense that fits what Brady likes, putting and implementing some things that he likes in there. 
that that you know, with Mike Evans and with Scotty Miller and with Chris Godwin when they get Chris back, uh, with Gronkowski the way he's playing right now. Now you add Antonio Brown to that mix, and they all start to kind of gel as the season goes on. I mean, that's that's scary. And, and by the way. Ronald Jones is playing really good football. They've got Leonard Fournette as a backup, and that offensive line has has started and played all of their games, and they've played really well. Like they've got a chance. They're they're that team that to me has a chance by December to be going. Wow, look how good this team is playing. And defensively, Mike, they didn't really play that well against the Giants the other night. They found a way to win that thing. What was it, twenty eight twenty five or twenty? Whatever it was, it was a 20, 25, 23. Point. Yeah, it was 25, yeah. 23. Uh, but that is a defense that I've watched tear people up, not particularly in that game, but they've got that kind of talent level. They're a, they're a really intriguing team. You know, me. the thing about Tampa is at first glance, you think, do they have too many weapons? You know, especially when they get Godwin back, but Brady's so good at just spreading the ball around yeah. and taking whatever's there. And he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And then you think about all these other guys. Who's going to complain? Yeah. How can you, if 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 you're playing court, Brady's your quarterback, and you're playing for a team that's winning, has a chance to win a Super Bowl. You can't come out and cry about touches because yeah. that just that just looks awful. Right. So i I don't see it being a problem at all. I don't. I don't either. Let me let me ask you this really quick. Kind of under the radar team, seven and zero. The Steelers are. Isn't it just kind of quiet? Quiet. Everybody's maybe the talk- most quiet seven and O team right. I've ever seen, and it's the Steelers. I know it's the steel. Everybody talks about Kansas City and everybody, you know, and what the Seahawks are doing, and even in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, and that, this, that, and the other. The Steelers are seven and O, and it's like nobody's really talking about the Steelers. But they're the clear cut number two, aren't they, in the AFC? I yeah yeah absolutely, but yeah because Baltimore mean, seems like they're. And they just lost, yeah, to Pittsburgh. To, so to Pittsburgh, yeah. but so you got you got you got the Bills, Ravens, Colts, are all kind of in that third that, tier. Next, that, next that next tier, tier right? But Pittsburgh seems to, and you know, did I say the Titans too? To put the Titans in there, yeah. But so, but the Titans Steelers lost to Cincinnati, yeah, so that so I the mean, Steelers just, are a good, solid, boom. They're right there as number two. Yeah, nothing quite like a good, solid number two. Nothing like it. Oh my gosh. When you eat a lot of fiber, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't go a full no. podcast without some kind of turd reference, can we? Well, you know, I uh, it's you uh, find it funny. It's uh, and who doesn't? Honestly. If you ask my kids, like seriously, if you ask either Alex or Avery or Daniel, and you just said, "All right, serious question here. One thing, do you just get to pick one thing that your dad has taught you?" Go. Every one of them would say that poop is always funny. <laughs> that would be the one thing that they could all agree yeah. on. It's 100% of the time. Yeah, come on. Hey, speaking of poop being funny, um, it's you know what it's time for? Oh, it's geez. time to, uh, to get to our moneymaker picks. Do we picks. have to do yeah. this this week? Yeah, because really? you are absolute oh, shit. I suck. And joining us right now is Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet. Jay, I, I got to tell you, we both kind of took one on the chin uh, last week. 
but uh, I am still crushing Mike. So I, I I still feel pretty good about myself. Fourteen and ten is what I am right now through the season. Mike nine, twelve, Ugh. and three. Can you stop bringing up the numbers? Yeah. So those are the numbers, right? And and let me just tell you this: this morning, Mike and I sat down. I picked first today, so I just whipped out my picks really quick and said, "Here you go." Mike spent like literally an hour going <laughs> yeah. over this. Like I am so deep into oh. his head, Jay. It's it's disgusting. It's awful. <laughs> I like the homework, Mike. That's great. Oh, I don't you know, know if it's homework or if it's just desperation. You know, I have no <laughs> conviction right now. All right. I'm floundering. Well, I had you know last week, Jay. I had the theme, and uh, my theme, the one that I was a little concerned about, is the only one that came through. Kansas City, uh, nineteen and a half. We won that one. But uh, I lost the uh, Tampa Bay bet, and I lost, I, I think, the uh, as everybody in the country did, the Green Bay bet, right, over Minnesota. So, yeah, that was like the biggest decision of the year for the books. Uh, the books really cleaned up on the Vikings winning outright and ended up being uh, the best game of the season so far for the books. As, you're, as you said, yes, everybody was on Green Bay, which made a lot of sense. Right. All right. So, all right. Well, I pick first this week, so here we go. Um, all right, Jay, here it is. Uh, Seattle traveling. You know, most of the teams that go west to east always have, always have an issue traveling, not the Seahawks. They just seem to be able to do that. Uh, I called the Seahawks game last week. Uh, offensively, what they've been able to establish, the way Russell Wilson's playing, DK Metcalf, even though they don't have running backs right now, and I don't know if Chris Carson will be healthy or not, I just think so much offensive firepower for the Seahawks, and their defense actually started playing really well last week against San Francisco, defended the run, defended the pass, obviously knocked Jimmy Garoppolo out of that game. Uh, I think they'll get a lot of confidence out of that. I'm taking the Seahawks minus three over the Bills in Buffalo. And then I'm going to the Vikings. Um, The Vikings, listen, they're playing the Lions. They're minus five and a half. The Vikings getting that run game going, taking the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. Uh, I think that uh, the Lions will be out without Matthew Stafford. Um, I I do believe he's in COVID protocol. Um, So I I like the Vikings. I like what they're doing. They're reestablishing what they are, a physical football team that's going to be a run-first football team. Uh, so I like that. I'll give you the five and a half. And then my last one, I'm all in the favorites. I have been all year. Um, I'm going the Cardinals over the Dolphins. I just, like, when I watch Cardinals film, one, Kyler Murray is that guy that plays above the X's and O's, and you can defend that offense perfectly. Kyler Murray can scramble out like he did against the Seahawks for a win in overtime, and I think in that drive he had like 40 yards or 45 yards of rushing. You can't account, You cannot account for that. Uh, the Cardinals giving up five to the Dolphins. Tua's debut, even though they won that game, you're not scoring a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and all the things that the Miami Dolphins did in that game. I did not like offensively. They only had eight first downs. They did not run the ball. They did not throw it very well. Cardinals defense better than um, better than most people will give it credit for. I'm going the Cardinals giving up five. Those are my three picks. What do you think, Jay? Well, the, the Seahawks is understandable because, again, this is uh, probably going to be <laughs> – and Mark, you tend to pick these games where, and they've been coming through. I, I, I got to say, I mean, you're 14 and 10, but one of these like uh, games that will be one of the biggest decisions for the sports book. I mean, everybody is going to be on the Seahawks. Okay, it, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, people love Russell Wilson. You know, 
Seattle coming off a great win against San Francisco. You know, Buffalo's just one of those teams that looks good against really bad teams, but when they play a good team like the Seahawks, you know, it, it's a challenge for those guys. So um, bottom line is people don't trust Buffalo, but they trust Russell Wilson. And I have to agree with you because I'm not a big believer in the Bills. I, I think they're somewhat fool's gold. Even though they, the travel factor, it's only three. I would be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised actually if this game goes up to three and a half, four by kickoff. Um, now you're flipping the, the switch here on the Vikings. Okay, you were all against the Vikings last week. Now you're on Minnesota. But again, I don't blame you. I mean, this team is such a, a different team with Dalvin Cook. I mean, that that guy is incredible. He was fantastic against Green Bay last week. And, yes, it is run first. When they have a balanced offense, it's just a different rated team. The Lions have some concerns. The, 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 the game is actually off the board because Stafford is in COVID protocol for five days. Now, perfect five days, actually, from Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, but even if he does come back, which he probably will come back and play, he doesn't get to practice all week. So, again, uh, advantage Vikings, and, and I like when I like this team with Dalvin Cook back there. So I'm going to go with you again there. Um, the last, uh, the last one. This is a toughie because we just don't know what uh, Tua is all about. Um, you know, he only threw for 93 yards. He didn't have to do much. I mean, golf basically just gave the game away. They turned it over. The Rams, that is, last week turned it over. So we're not sure what the Dolphins are with Tua and. I do know the, the defense is a lot better than most people think in Miami. The defense is playing pretty well. Arizona is another one of those teams that really beat up bad teams, like the football team, or they beat up on the Cowboys, and everybody sees that. This is a very tough game to handicap. So when it's tough, I'm going to go with the points, and I'll take the Dolphins plus five. So another two-and-one week, Mark, that's, that, you know, anybody will take that. Actually, you can make a living if you go two-and-one every week. Uh, that's what I'm doing. That's what I do, AJ. Yeah, that's just yeah, what I do. He's supplementing his income yeah, that's right what now. I do. Yeah. All right, Jay. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm, I actually put a lot of thought into it, but then when I look back on it all, I'm keeping this super simple. Uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay minus four and a half over the Saints. I think this is a uh, bit of a revenge game. Brady looked uh, real poor against the Saints in his first game. Uh, I think they're starting to get their their act together, and the Saints are still kind of wishy-washy for me. So I'm going to take the Bucks minus four and a half. Uh, I'm looking at Green Bay bouncing back. 49ers just decimated with uh, all kinds of injuries and COVID stuff. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, bounces back. So I'll take the Packers minus six and a half. And, and Kansas City, they're right now in one of those grooves where – uh, whatever the line, however daunting the line may be, I, I don't think it's a concern, especially with them playing at home. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus the 10.5. I'm going to ride or die with Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. I figure that's probably pretty solid footing to be on. Yeah, that's not bad, especially uh, you know when you get uh, one of those teams playing against the uh... – you know, what is it, uh, Mullins tonight? Even though I think he's been okay, Mullins has been okay with the 49ers. But the 49ers, oh, my gosh. I'm actually really surprised they're playing this game tonight because I they are just decimated with injuries, even before this week. And now you, you take Garoppolo out, you take Kittle out, you take, I think, Trent Williams, Bourne, uh, you know, a couple of other receivers. I, I don't know how the 49ers play this game. We actually opened – the Packers at two and a half before we knew Garoppolo and Kittle were out and the others. Then we moved it up to six and a half. It's currently seven and a half now. So uh, 
I'm, uh, I, you know, I have to go with you, Mike. I, I just think the Packers uh, are just, I mean, they're, they're relatively healthy. And the 49ers, I mean, they, they should get a pass for this year because they're just, you know, they're just uh, just decimated by injuries. So I go with you with the Packers at six and a half. Now that it's up to seven and a half. We're going back up to that Buccaneers Saints game. You know, the Buccaneers, I, I give them a, a little bit of a pass and not, you know, playing too well against the Giants. And it was a, they were, they were there for the taking and the Giants just didn't take advantage of that. I mean, it was certainly a letdown week for, for the Buccaneers going up to New York and playing that game. I, I certainly think that they come back. I'm not a big Saints guy right now. I love Drew Brees. Uh, I, I think he's fantastic, but uh, they're just not the Saints team that we used to see over the last few years. Uh, I think they're just, uh, getting by, I think they're an, another team that I would categorize as fool's gold. And the last one, the Chiefs, well, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a game that, uh, you know, Mahomes, it's all about Mahomes, and, and I, I, they look fantastic against the, the Jets, and they could do whatever they want. They could have called the score. I, I, it's not going to be that like that this week, but the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points again. Um, it, it's exactly what you would expect. I think the Chiefs kind of run over the Panthers. Uh, Bridgewater, Brid, Bridgewater has been pretty good, though, in these spots. When they're big underdogs, he seems to play pretty good. But Kansas City's all healthy. Uh, they should score a lot, and I think they're going to cover uh, the success. Oh, 3-0. So, hey, all, all three, Mike. All three. Yeah. But he Comeback said, begins. He said last week you were going to be 3-0. Comeback begins. Yeah, but last Mark, week. I can't hear you. What? what? Yeah, yeah. yeah Comeback come back begins. <laughs> there right. it is, baby. Look, I, we'll look back on it this week. Jay, I know you gotta you gotta support your special little friend over there. <laughs> special so little I, I I get wow. I get what's going on. What a dick. Yes. <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, I mean I am uh, I'm the champion. Jay, man, we really appreciate you. Thanks for all your insight, buddy. All right, Mike Life Coach signing out. All right. <laughs> uh, Jay Cornegay from Superbook America's Best Bet. Uh, anyhow, thank you so much, Jay. See you, buddy. Okay, guys, thanks. Later. All right. That's Jay Cornegay from Superbook America's Best Bet. Always appreciate Jay. He is really trying to prop you up. He is. Yeah, let's he, let's be honest. Yeah. I'm getting the... The little data data boy, yeah, little sympathy, a, little pat on the head. Right, you keep you, you little, keep trying hard, you little shaver. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, for the great folks over at Sweet Sweat, uh, at SweetSweat.com for America's best bet. That is Superbook for Mike, myself, for Scott. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week.